Welcome to The New Beyond, a podcast that invites listeners to learn how to not only think outside the box, but learn how to live outside it. The New Beyond is a place in consciousness that lies beyond ideas of normal and abnormal. It's a place where the new comfort zone has much more to do with your willingness to play big and be uncomfortable while you're learning how to navigate this brave new world. Hello, I'm Dr. Judith Rich, an octogenarian, coach, and author of the best-selling book, Beyond the Box. The new beyond invites us to go farther and deeper than you ever thought you could go. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Each of us can build. Each of us can teach and reach inside. We can guide. And what we leave is up to each of us. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The New Beyond. I'm Judith Rich, and I am beyond thrilled to welcome my guest today. I've been so looking forward to getting to spend this time with my friend, Aaron Glassman. Let me tell you about Aaron. Aaron experienced what he refers to as his awakening. Get this. While inside the king's chamber of the Great Pyramid of Egypt. Now, there's a story there, Aaron, that we've got to unpack. I, I want to hear the details about this. We will unpack. Aaron has been teaching, writing, and speaking for over 20 years about the fusion of science and spirituality while creating spiritual technologies that assist you in awakening to your creative power. He's the author of the upcoming book, Be the Wave. There's a special spelling of wave. We're going to talk about that too, because I know it that's not random. <clears throat> Be the wave, spiritual technologies to awaken you to your life's purpose. In addition to facilitating individuals and groups all over the world, Aaron has been a serial entrepreneur, musician, and food slash activist. You know, when I first saw that, Aaron, I was reading food activist. (laughs) Yeah. I'm curious. Whoa. Yeah. Put Cheetos back where they belong on the shelves. (laughs) Recently, he has teamed up with his wife, Anahita. Another beautiful, lovely, amazing human being to lead groups of visionary women and men to support them in bringing their creative visions into the world for maximum planetary impact. Aaron has worked with and shared the stage with Marianne Williamson, Barbara Marks Hubbard, and Michael Beckwith. All again, stellar human beings that I look up to and admire. Yes. Aaron, welcome. I'm so happy to be meeting you here in the new beyond, which I think is really home territory for you, isn't it? It sure is. It's, thank you so much for including me in your in your discussions. It's such an honor. Um, I just yeah. there's this feeling of like I wish we could just I'd like have six hours. Like I could just talk yeah. to you. I think for for all day, but we do want to retain. Yeah, our listeners. So we'll keep it. We'll keep it less than six hours. You know, I I do want to say, you know, to listeners and to you, you know, there are people 
every once in a while, a human being comes along and there is a sense of recognition, even though maybe you've never met, you don't know anything about their story. You, You really don't know the, you know, you really don't know the information about them. And yet there is a feeling of recognition. And I have always felt that with you without, I was going to say, without being able to put language to it. But if I were going to put language to it, I think I would call it a soul connection. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know the story about that. I mean, it's just, I recognize it and I accept it. And I'm so grateful to have someone like you Mm. cross my path for us to recognize each other and and you know to have so many common interests and um impulses around creativity and discovery and all that you're up to i can't wait to get into it yeah. and unpack it with you aaron well <clears throat> thank you thank you so much for that so, and it, I, it's mutual it's mutual thank you so Take us to the king's chamber of the Great Pyramid of Egypt. I'm dying to hear what that yeah. was about for you. Yeah, wow. It was, it's been a few years now. Uh, it was 27 years ago. And I'll just give it a little context, what I was yeah. doing there. Um, I was living in L.A. I had been a musician. I'd been studying music, been a musician all my life. I've always followed this inner voice. And, you know, it told me to kind of get into also acting and I got into acting and I was in LA and I was in LA for several years and I was acting, uh, going on auditions, you know, doing anything to get one line on a TV series or a Taco Bell commercial. Um, and I'd always been that person who like had to have this tunnel vision goal. And since I was a teenager, you know, I, I needed to become rich and famous, you know? Um, and it was, as I was turning 30, and I will date myself. Um, but it was as I was turning 30, you know, I realized how unhappy I was. Like I, I hadn't stopped long enough to realize how unhappy I was. Mm. Um, and, mm. and I, I knew I needed to kind of leave my life that it was really becoming depressing. I was depressed and, and unhappy. And I felt like this contraction and the, the weight of, of life kind of really coming in on me. And so I decided to sublet my apartment sublease my car. I saved up a bunch of money and I left my life and I didn't know. I knew the intention was to kind of write a one man show that would showcase my, my talents and all of that. But I knew nothing else other than I had a friend who got me a companion ticket on United airlines and I was able to get to Europe and I was going to start backpacking around Europe. And I never knew where I was going to stay. Um, I landed in London. I looked up in this book that I got for hostels and everything. I had $30 a day to live on. So that included shelter, food, and maybe somewhere to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, 30 bucks a day. And as that trip unfolded, which I really didn't plan All I knew is that I brought a bunch of books with me and I wanted to, I had been introduced to Joseph Campbell. I wanted to, I was reading, you know, and he talked about Oswald Spengler and I wanted to open up your hero's journey. I was ready to do my hero's journey. And that wasn't like, you know, I'm going on my hero's journey. I just knew I had to leave my life. And, um, 
as the weeks unfolded, because it was months of traveling, I went to all through England and I went up to Scotland. I went down to France. I went to Italy. And what happens when you don't really have an itinerary is it becomes an addiction like, oh, I can go there. I can go there. So once I was in Italy, someone said, you need to take the ferry. You're in Greece. I'm like, okay. And, you know, took the ferry. It was like an overnight short ferry ride. I'm in Greece. And then somebody said, you know, you get on this plane for like an hour and 15 minutes, you're in Israel. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) you know. And um, all the while, as this trip was unfolding, I was starting to open up to this whole other aspect of myself that I didn't know existed. Mm -hmm. Um, Started to have interests uh, and downloads about mathematics science that I was an F student you know, with mass and everything and was beginning to have these uh, experiences that were instantaneous, like an instantaneous desire would be instantly received. And by the time I got to the, once you're in Israel, then somebody says, you know, you can take a bus into Egypt. And it would been, it had been a dream of mine to go to the pyramids. And so I got to the pyramid and I had been so opened by these months of traveling that when I actually arrived and sat in the king's chamber and I was able to be in the king's chamber for a while by myself, I, yeah, it was a hundred bucks. Yeah. Well, that was three days. That was three days of your budget. (laughs) Oh, well that, yeah, that was, that's a whole other story of what I had to do to get cash and all of that. (laughs) But yeah. And it was well worth it. But I had this experience of expansiveness, of opening into the oneness of, you know, all energy, where I really felt divinely unified with all energy. And it was beyond anything I could have imagined. Um, some would call it a, an awakening, a spiritual awakening. I, I don't like the word enlightenment because mm-hmm. it it lends itself to arriving to somewhere like that mm. one is once you achieve enlightenment, like you're done. That's the end of the, that's yeah. the, end of the road. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't refer, but there wasn't an enlightening experience that I experienced inside the great pyramid that changed me for good. And, and then it was coming out of the pyramid and working my way back home over the next couple of months. And, um, I didn't understand what was happening to me, but I did come home and wrote a one-man show that really was the works of everything that I had received over those several months, which was um, kind of condensing the last 2,000 years of Western culture, how science, spirituality, and art move together as one consciousness, and how we, where we've come from and where we're going as, you know, as a consciousness or as a group of 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 individuals so i did that with music and images and all of that and i charged it and i i borrowed money and i thought this show would change the world because i didn't understand why this came through me you know i thought what happens when you kind of have those big awakenings you tend to like think you're this chosen individual that's Mm -hmm. meant to share this work you know, mm-hmm. to change the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, over a seven week run, I believe maybe 110 people saw it and about 100 of them thought I had lost my mind. And 10 people thought it was the most brilliant thing they'd ever seen. And, you know, experience. and I'm just in debt, you know, I just left in <laughs> debt. And now what? <laughs> right. 
So what I come to find is that's called the spiritual bait and hook, you know, is that we are, we're kind of, you know, invited into a spiritual experience and our tendency is to want to fill it. And our tendency is to want to make it into something and, Mm. you know, kind of consolidate it into this meaning we get attached to it. Right. Like I didn't come back and just say, Oh, I had an experience and now let me chop wood and carry water. No, it was like, I have to shout it from the mountaintops. So ego got involved there. Ego comes in. Yeah. Yeah. So as high as I got, the ego did actually come in to try to make sense of it because we, the ego wants to compartmentalize and know. Right. And, uh, and then the feedback was, yeah, we don't know what you're talking about. Um, you're, you're, you're a little crazy. And it was, it was devastating. It was oh, devastating. Man. I don't want to like, it was yeah. devastating to me because I was really lost. I was really lost then. Like I didn't wow. understand what happened, but that's the King's chamber. Yeah. And that is where the beginnings of everything that we'll talk about really originated from. And it was brought through. It wasn't something that I set out to study or, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so, all right. So you come back and you have this experience of, um, well, let's just say it wasn't exactly what you thought it was going to be on the other, on the other side of it. So where did you go with that? What, I mean, you're devastated, you're feeling like a complete failure and all of that. What, what happened next? Yeah. Um, well, you lose a lot of friends. You know, I had a real close family of friends in LA, um, you know, and it was really hard for them to understand what happened to me and then be able to relate to me because they wanted to just relate to me in the way that we had gotten to know each other, you know? Yeah. Um, And, you know, but it was a coming out. So what happened was a lot of clearing away, a lot of Mm -hmm. clearing away of the old. And we'll have a way of doing that, won't it? (laughs) Yeah. And oddly enough, not oddly enough, one of the 10 people that thought it was an amazing show said, hey, you know, have you ever been to Agape, which was in LA and it's a spiritual community in LA? I think a lot of people would actually really enjoy this. And I hadn't heard of it. I hadn't been to it. Uh, And I did go there and I showed up there at some point after the show, just kind of with my tail between my legs uh, and got to just be in a, in a pool of, people that were open to progressive consciousness and everything. And Judith, that's spirits. Kindred yeah, some many. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, listening to Michael Beckwith, who's the founder of Agape mm-hmm. and uh, at this time, uh, Ricky, who was an amazing, beautiful singer. Yeah. And, and uh, I felt, yeah, I felt really, I felt just like, okay, yeah, I can hang my hat here. And, and I met uh, a woman there and this is what happened was, you know, we wound up moving in together and it was the first relationship, adult relationship at 30 that I had and we moved in. And guess what? I got to have all the emotional stuff come up, right? When that happens. So, so here I got really high. I got to really activate and access this kind of light body, I call it, right? This multidimensional quality of myself. Mm-hmm. And then was immediately brought back down 
to earth through, you know, the writing and performing of the show, but then also to enter into relationship. And how do you bridge the two worlds? Mm -hmm. You know, how do you bridge them? And I had to do a lot of deep emotional work because she triggered me, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, And yeah, so that's where the journey from there continued to go on from. And all the while, uh, my connection to that multidimensional self, uh, the part of me that doesn't experience separation, continued to develop and grow where I began speaking and teaching and channeling and writing about the intersection of science and spirituality. That is so fascinating, really. Um, <clears throat> the technology, you talk about the the union of science and spirituality. Mm-hmm. And let's see, um, right, uh, creating spiritual technologies, spiritual mm-hmm. technologies. Say more about that. I'm curious what you're, what, is a spiritual technology. Yeah. I like, I like any time that I'm fusing together what seems to be polarized wording whenever I'm unifying that is why I utilize that. So soul and technology seem to be in opposition to each other. But the truth is, is that when we understand the left, right, when we understand the masculine feminine, mm-hmm. when we understand the line in the circle, mm-hmm. when we understand that actually the polarized opposites are actually one in the same, mm-hmm. just as science, spirituality, and art all move together as one, where there is no separation, when we start fusing those together in our awareness, we actually then begin to have a uh, much more expanded, awakened state and relationship to everything. So soul technology is the unification of how to experience an expanded state of being, okay, an awakened state of being, but with a very specific um, uh, creative process, Mm -hmm. within a very creative kind of structure process. So whenever we get to combine fluidity and rigidity as structure, Mm -hmm. I believe we're actually accessing a higher state of being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You know, to some degree, I think, you know, you and I met in the context of leadership development training. Yes. You were, um, you were a participant and I was a trainer in there and, uh, there are certain aspects of that work that fuse those two things that marry Absolutely. masculine and feminine and, and, you know, fuse fluidity with structure. And I'm curious about your experience of that container or that kind of environment. Did that support you in your work, in your. Yeah. Well, anybody, uh, you know, and I don't know how much we want to get into that training that, you know, I'm always eager to learn and, 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 that training required me to go completely back to child's mind. You know, um, I really had to intentionally every day get in that chair and go, I know nothing. I am open. Like, um, you know, good for you. well, because, you know, I have <laughs> done a lot of training. I've trained a lot of people. I've yes. worked with people. And it would have been easy for me to say, I know that. I know that. Yes. And I would have robbed myself. So, you know, the, 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 the container in that training is so 
beautifully structured, you know, in, in so many ways, uh, just from the accountability that it requires. Right. Um, and then of course, really where you came in, I believe where you really brought the creativity, you know, where you really brought the ways of being to life in that container, in that structure. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of components in that tr- leadership training that fuse together the creative expression, right? The power mm-hmm. of the creative expression along with very specific structures in place. And I do believe that's where we have an awakened experience from. And people may wonder, well, how do I create that in my life? And we can go into, yeah, you know, Let's like go there into the soul technologies of yeah. That, let's right? go there. I'm I am all you know. I am trained in uh, archetypal psychology, which is the psychology of the soul, yeah. uh, which is James Hillman and and Carl Jung and and uh, um. So it it's that field of psychology, and so I'm very dialed into soul process and soul work, and I. I'm dying to hear how you use soul technology. Yeah, beautiful. So should we start with the distinction between creation and manifestation? Let's do that. (laughs) All right. Beautiful. Um, So many of us are conditioned to believe that the manifestation process is a process of one that is going to create the feeling it's going to actually give us an emotional state of being Mm -hmm. right but what we're waking up to and we're seeing it played out but what we're waking up to is that we can manifest something in our life but that will not create an emotional landscape nor will it create a feeling or a state of being that will actually elevate us that will actually create more joy peace it may give us a connection for like a sugar rush for a very brief moment in time, mm-hmm. but it doesn't actually allow us to embody a state or a way of being that is sustainable and supports us in having a more expanded connection to our divinity, our multidimensional self, God, spirit, whatever you wish to call it. Mm-hmm. You know, the best example, and I know you're a sport fan and I've been a sport fan, but you know, you watch a team win the championship. The first thing they say is I can't wait till next year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, <laughs> we're going to do it again next year. Right. Right. And, you know, or, you know, we get that, that fancy car and, and then it's, you know, we, we know that, that, picture that has been painted for us is no longer really holding together you know the house and the white picket fence like that that's not actually going to create a sense of joy peace happiness and real deep internal happiness so what we're we're wanting to distinguish is manifestation is absolutely a technique it's a tool and what i teach is let's bring it into an actual scientific principle that there's a difference between manifestation and creation. And the difference is the way energy and light moves and behaves. The way science has proven the way in which energy and light moves and behaves from one place to another. What they have discovered in the quantum and the quantum field is that energy and light move and behave in two different distinct ways, either in the form of a particle as particles moving mm-hmm. or as a wave. Mm-hmm. 
And one I call particle consciousness and one I call wave consciousness. Oh, good. Let's go there. Let's go there. So particle consciousness is the manifester. There's nothing wrong about this. There's no, this isn't a right way and a wrong way. But when we're in particle consciousness, we are experiencing our reality as individual compartmentalized bits of matter, let's say, right? So we're in the, we're in the, we're in the consciousness of separation or Correct. We're in the experience of separation. And we only experience separation where? It, it, in we experience it in the in mind. The mind. Yeah. In the, the mind. mind is the place, the egoic mind is yeah. the place in which we compartmentalize our yeah. reality as, right. you know, computer, window, chair, Aaron, <laughs> Judith, all yeah. of it is compartmentalized in its own nice and neat kind of separate yeah. way of being. So when we're in a state of particle consciousness, we are in the mind and that is where manifestation takes place is from the mind. From an idea, mm -hmm. a thought that if I create $100,000 or if I manifest $100,000, I will be happy. Mm -hmm. If I marry this person who meets all of these ideas of who I think this person should be, mm -hmm. I will be happy. Mm -hmm. That's a particle consciousness. That's a manifestation. And so would you say, would you characterize that as male Energetic. I would say it's a it's a masculine energetic. Masculine. Masculine. Yes, because yeah. the masculine energetic is always to me referred to as linear, as the line. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the linear is the tunnel vision. It's the the I'm going to go after that, that singular mm -hmm. thing that will bring me then the feeling, either mm -hmm. the relationship, the dollar amount, the job, the whatever is going to give me what I'm looking out there to bring it in here to give me the feeling, right? So this is particle consciousness. It is when we experience the nature of reality as individual particle states, separate. Mm -hmm. When we go into a wave consciousness, we step into the power of the unified field, which mm -hmm. naturally moves as a unified way of being as a wave. And the only way we access this unified field or this wave and wave state, wave consciousness is through the one place that can generate frequency, vibration, and that is the heart center. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it is within the, our ability to activate the heart center in a way that expands us and opens us up to receive that unified state, that unified field, God's spirit that wants to move through us and it wants to amplify that state of being that we are already in, okay? So with the wave consciousness, the wave state experiencing our unified reality where there is no separation can only happen in the heart center. So when we generate the frequency and way of being the universe meets it and it only amplifies, expands it. And it brings then the people, places, and things that support that way of being that expand it. So instead of focusing in on the hundred thousand dollars as the get, as what it is that I need or is missing, I create the state of being the frequency of what that feels like. Mm -hmm. I create the energetic vibrational 
uh, way of being in that heart center. So the universe then can only, it has to, it's a law, has to harmonize and create with that way of being. Yes. And then I surrender how and when. Oh, and that's the work, isn't it right there? That is where faith, trust, and surrender come into play, right? Yeah. Because the mind, which is in that masculine manifestation, particle consciousness, wants to zero in and it wants to lock in and go after it like it's a linear sequential experience mm-hmm. and say, you know, we can set we can set a, a, a goal of, you know, I would like to open and receive this in the next whatever, 90 days, but we aren't in total control of timing and we aren't in total control of how. All we can be in control of is what way of being, what state do I want to experience myself in on a daily basis? Mm -hmm. And that's where wave consciousness comes in. And that's where I create my life from. Because I can tell you time and time again that like the trip, the trip is the absolute like quintessential metaphor for the wave state because I never planned where I was going. Yet I always met people that were perfectly aligned to what I was up to. Mm-hmm. I never planned, like I never consulted a map or where to go. I'm in Greece and I just started walking and sure enough, it took me to the Acropolis. Like I didn't need to be in any other way than a state of being. And then that way of being allowed me to bring the people, places and things that actually amplified that way of being. And it is that journey which created that grand awakening that is the way in which we actually are designed to experience reality. Wow. And we have drifted, we in our ego mind state have drifted so far from that from that state. Um, so your book, Be the Wave, Talk about that W-A-Y-V-E wave. This is yeah. you're talking about this wave state, aren't you? The wave yeah. consciousness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, you know, so it really comes down to being able to cultivate a frequency, create a vibrational way of being that when you can allow that frequency to really expand and 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 be embodied by you, then you create the vision of what that vision is and you kind of place it in this this vibrating chamber which is your heart center you know and when you marry the vision then into the vibrational state of being that is when you're entering into the creative uh the creation process Mm -hmm. and i do have a whole kind of structure then of how we move through the creation process And this is basically Uh, what you teach and coach people on. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we start with why, you know, now some, like if I were to ask somebody, you know, what's your vision? They'd say, okay, I want to be a doctor. And I go, why? I want to help people. You know, I want to heal people or whatever. Mm -hmm. I go, great, great. But is that your why? Because what happens if you, you, go blind and deaf and you, you know, or what happens if there are no people to heal or whatever it is, that's actually not 
people think that's the purpose of their life is to be a doctor, to be a lawyer, to Mm -hmm. be an entrepreneur, to be a teacher, whatever. But what I say is when we're working with wave consciousness, when we're working with the soul, actually our soul purposes are all united. They're all connected. You know, there's a a theme. There's a unifying theme here, isn't there? Yeah, there's there's a tapestry. What is it? It's a state of being. Mm-hmm. So I say that our why is actually a state of being that we desire to connect to every day. Mm-hmm. And I create a why statement. It's similar. It's similar to the leadership. Mm-hmm. This is 27 years ago. I never took the leadership training and all of that stuff. Yeah. So it was beautiful to see the different com- you know, comparisons. But so for me, my why is on a daily basis you know, is that I am experiencing myself in such a state of expanded heart-centered state and presence that I'm experiencing an overflow of joy, peace, and abundance. Mm. That is my why. Mm. Yeah. And when I continually access and activate that through a process that I take people in, there's an actual process to get into a wave state. When I get into that wave state, then I allow the what is it that wants to be in relationship to that way of being yeah. and wants to be experienced out into the world. Because I know that's yeah, What vibrates at the same frequency as that. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I just love, love you because I, you know, I know so much of this is what you teach and, and you're so uh, receptive, but um. So when, when I get into that way of being, when I activate that wave state, and then I place a, uh, or open and receive the vision of what that wants to be out into mm. the world, mm. I know the power of that is beyond what my mind can think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Judith, if I set out to, pl- to, like, if I thought that trip through, I would have never had that experience. Right. Right. You could never. Couldn't- you, you I couldn't, couldn't have. have. It wasn't, wouldn't even have been available to you. I, I, I would have, I, I couldn't. It wasn't even in the realm of consciousness. Yeah. And that is when we tap into this infinite quality and connection that is inside all of us. So if the listeners want to tap into this wave state, this heart-centered presence, and they allow that vibrational frequency, which is unique to them, really to get activated, they can really open and, and receive what wants to be Ooh. infused mm. with that frequency, which is unique, their soul signature. And this is soul technology. Is their, that's their soul sig- signature is their heart-centered presence. What wants to come through and move through that way of being out into the physical world? And then when you have that, it's really powerful. I'm curious, and it, I I don't know, you know, if you'd be open to this or not, and it's fine e- either way. But I'm curious if you could give listeners just a little. Absolutely, we want to do a little wave activation. Yeah, a little wave activation. All right, let's do it. All right, let's, let's do it. So let's close our eyes, straighten your back, feel your legs on the floor if you're in a chair or seated position or a cross-legged position on a hard surface, feel your body. We're going to straighten our spine. So we create the 
beautiful receptor of structure through the spine. And we're closing our eyes and we're going to slow everything right down really quickly. This will take about 90 seconds. Begin connecting to that slow, gentle inhale and exhale through the nose. Feel the slow rise and fall of the lower belly. And now with this gentle inhale through the nose, I want you to envision two and a half inches below the navel, this red ball of energy, this deep red ball of energy, pulsing and vibrating and rotating clockwise about two and a half inches below the navel as you breathe. We're activating the first energetic center of the body, energy center one. Deep red in color, pulsing, vibrating, rotating as you breathe. And as energy center one is moving, pulsing, bring your awareness to eight inches above the top of your head to energy center eight, which is silver, pearly, opaque, white. This ball of energy, eight inches above the top of your head, pulsing, vibrating, and rotating in unison with energy center one. as you breathe. And now move into the center of your chest, energy center four, this beautiful luminescent green ball of energy, pulsing and vibrating, rotating clockwise at the center of your chest as you breathe. Envision this beautiful energetic green frequency of light now pulsing and vibrating as you breathe and see it expanding out from the center of the chest. As you breathe, this beautiful frequency unique to you is expanding, enveloping your body from head to toe. Expanding out beyond the body into the space that you're in as you breathe. And now you're in a wave state. If thoughts are arising, just continue to allow them to flow with the wave. And as here you can open and ask to receive that in which is seeking to align 
with this state of being, with this vibrational frequency, soul signature unique to you. And listen, receive. Take one last inhale and exhale. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Kind of harder to go back to the words, right? Yeah, really. It's like, ooh. When I asked for that which was seeking to align with this state in me, I heard the word healing. I don't know what that means for me, particularly, but that's what I heard. Hmm. So it could mean a lot of things. I, I just, it's just yeah. there. Yeah. Just there's a presence. Yeah. Presence. Mm-hmm. That is what I believe is the term for love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That when we're in that wave state, when we're in that heart-centered presence, we are being that in which we are. Yes. Which is love. And that's where the joy, peace, abundance, that's where the creativity is. That's the healing of that's separation it. right there. Yeah. 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 So I I did want to um, you know, there's this is a very basic wave activation that I downloaded and it's given to me and um and I did want to start like because I've done many conversations you know and ultimately everything that we're talking about is just really about us getting to that space where there's no words right mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's it's what we want more than anything Judith is the freedom to be the freedom to be all of which we what we are the freedom to feel the freedom freedom to create the freedom of peace space divine union that's freedom that's all we want it's so beautiful healing of separation it's uh Connection and oneness, unity. That's that's the new beyond. That's the new beyond. That is the new beyond. Aaron, you have taken us to the new beyond. This is my this is this is what was given to me in my vision for what we're up to here, which is to bring, you know, this consciousness forward. And this is how you work with people. 
Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So beautiful. So now we're shifting. We're shifting from the 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 mental state of yeah. being into the higher intelligence of the heart-centered way of being. Mm -hmm. And science now is actually proving mm -hmm. that the intelligence of the heart is greater than the intelligence of the mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, Maya, yeah. Myocardiac intelligence. You can look it up. Wow. Maya, M-Y-A or Mayo? I believe it's M-Y-A cardiac. I may be spelling it, but it's Maya. called myocardiac intelligence. And basically, that's the intuitive emotional intelligence we're talking about. Yeah. That the natural innate intuitive emotional intelligence is far more powerful than the intelligence of the IQ, of intellectual intelligence. Yeah. yeah. And it transcends language, doesn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. beyond. It is language. beyond. Beyond language. Beyond language. Woo. I want to listen to this. Listeners, listen to this activation every morning. I want yeah. to go into my life from this place. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure you have many more of those kind of activations and technologies that you teach I people who work with you. I do. Yeah. I yeah. I, I love um, the clients that I, I get to work with because they're up to something. They're either, you know, corporate execs or entrepreneurs who have been kind of living in that particle consciousness of getting, getting, yeah. and now have gotten to a place inside of themselves that it just can't be sustained. And they know there's another piece. And when they bring those two ways of being together, then it's unstoppable. And it's, then it's so joyous and powerful and it's everything. I don't know what our time is. Do we have another minute? Yeah, we do. Okay, yeah. It's everything that we are unconsciously drawn to, Judith. What I mean by that is that when we experience something iconic or someone as iconic, it's because they have fused together those two ways of being, the left and right, masculine and feminine. Mm -hmm. So da Vinci was a master. He was actually ambidextrous, but he was a master of fusing together beautiful uh, structure in his paintings along with his spiritual connection because he was such a he was, he was such a pilgrim he was such a student of the divine so what is the most what is the most popular iconic image in the west do you know the mona the, lisa the da vinci the man the da vinci man well, no, the Mona Lisa is the, oh, the, the Mona, Mona Lisa, Lisa. painted. It, it, well, sure. Yeah. You know, people yeah. flock from all over the world to go to the Louvre and yeah. take, you know, the Mona Lisa is probably one of the most iconic images of Western culture, mm -hmm. civilization. Mm -hmm. And that is because he embedded structure with the, the feeling, the way of being in, into that image. So it actually incorporates the golden mean. It actually incorporates the phi ratio which is the structure, it's the mathematics, it's the, it's the actual technology, if you will, of painting, mm. along with this soul, that this soulful, God-inspired image, the softness of his brush, the feeling that it evokes. So that evokes feeling and a sense of structure beautifully 
integrated into an image and we are so drawn to it. And we don't know why. We don't know There's why. There's something mysterious about Have it. Have you ever been to the Louvre and seen it? Yes. It's hysterical. There yeah. are hundreds of people and they're all this. They can't even get close to it. And they're all shading pig. And if you ask them, why are you drawn to this? Are you drawn? You know, I don't know. It's like, and yeah. I could go on and on. But the people that, you know, the, you know, Steve Jobs was the first to want to bring humanity to technology. He wanted Steve Jobs cared more about the font and how the font looked and what feeling it gave. You know, he was also a practicing like Zen Buddhist. And, you know, he wanted to fuse together creativity with technology. Mm -hmm. And that is why Steve Jobs was an iconic entrepreneur, Mm. you know, and that is why ultimately Apple became the mega giant that it is, right, is there was this humanity brought to technology. It wasn't just IBM anymore. Wasn't just ones and twos and zeros and. Well, ones and zeros. Yeah. Binary code is actually seeking to come together. Cause I said, right. When we unify masculine feminine, i.e. the line and circle, we experience this expanded awakened state. Mm. So this is stuff that I've just, been talking about and and you know it's all it's all very tasty for the mind but ultimately it's the wave consciousness that gets us into that state of joy i could soak in this all day aaron (laughs) it's just being with you your superpower i don't know what i'm saying but your superpower is your curiosity and and like at at you know, the, the, the amount of time you spent in these training rooms and the stories and the amount of people, I mean, the tens of thousands you must have encountered, and that you still listen, like from that place, that child's mind, mm-hmm. that is phenomenal, Judith, that mm-hmm. is inspirational to me, <laughs> you know, thank you, a genuine, you. like, wow, like, that's magical. <laughs> that's so beautiful. Yeah, I know. I keep, I keep telling people that curiosity is a superpower. I keep expressing this. Mm -hmm. And particularly, I think, as one reaches a certain stage along the life journey, as one gets in their elder years, curiosity tends to be squelched, you know, suppressed. Uh, We lose it. We tend to lose it. And I I really... um, I think it's an amazing, it, it opens portals. It keeps me, you know, I'm always standing on the edge of possibility when I'm in curiosity. That is, and that is adventure. It is. It is. The edge of possibility when I'm in curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. And it's harder to be curious when we have Google, right? I mean, I keep forgetting I'll be in a conversation with someone who's way younger than me and I'll be like trying to remember and they go, well, why, why <laughs> do that? Like, let's just, you know, right. And right. I forget. Right. But there's a, there, there's a play to recalling or recollecting something because then it, it actually creates a feeling. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, Cause you reconnect to it. Do you know what I mean? A knowing of something that we're kind of losing that curiosity. Yeah. So right. here's another thing I want to throw in here. A little yeah. last minute curveball. Mm-hmm. What do you think about artificial intelligence? Yes, I love it. Um, I love the question. 
you know, and everything, of course, it's, it's why, right? What's the come from? What's the why to artificial intelligence? You know, when I first saw Jurassic Park, just because we can doesn't mean we should. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it's going to be equal. Artificial intelligence can, can be a tool, a vehicle for transcendence, and it can be a tool and a vehicle for destruction. Yeah. And that's why the more of us that are activating this way of being, this wave state of being, it will actually then in, instruct and inform that transcendent ability that AI can do. Yeah. I yeah. believe will you know AI will become conscious when it can fuse together binary code ones and zeros. Um, they're not separate. You know. Do you think that's the future of AI? I do. Is that it will become conscious? Because ultimately, to me, it's all God. Right? We can't be in separation. Yeah. Yeah. So that everything in which we are creating is an aspect of the divine. It's how the consciousness that is infusing it, what state is it, is it moving in the world? And I'm saying if it moves from this place, it can uplift us. Mm-hmm. It can be transcendent. Imagine a world that is God AI and that we have gotten to a place where we wouldn't separate there being janitors and service people and whatever that those need and our needs, our basic needs are all met where we actually are embodying coming into planet earth to embody higher consciousness mm-hmm. and create from that state. Aren't we? I mean, isn't that the deal? <laughs> yeah. Some isn't that what we're in, up to? <laughs> that is the evolution of what we're up to. But mm-hmm. imagine a, a world where we are coming in and we know all our needs are met. All our foundational needs are met through artificial intelligence. Oh, okay. Yeah. You yeah, see what I'm yeah. saying? Like, so all that's taken care of. We don't need to deal with any of that. that yeah. And yeah. when that evolution happens, then the soul spirit that are coming in to embody to be in the human experience are actually coming all to just evolve consciousness and evolve our creativity. Sounds like, it. sounds like, you know, Shangri-La, but. Sounds like the new beyond, actually. Sounds like the new beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Aaron, this is so amazing and fabulous. I could, I could just, you know, as I said, I could just immerse myself in this with you all day. And listeners, if you want to know more about Aaron and his work, I'm going to put information in the show notes, how you can reach out and connect with him and his book. Where can people find your book, Aaron? It's, it's in its final stages of editing. So um, I anticipate sometime by the end of 2023, it will be out and, and um, yeah, it will, I, it'll be on Amazon and all of the places. Okay. So right now it's still a work in progress. It's in its final stages. Yeah. It's up up and coming. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I want to thank you so much for spending time with us here in the new beyond it's been an absolute delight as it always is to connect with you judith i love you thank you for all that you have contributed in your way of being to the world um sir i just yes you are a soul tribe and i'm so grateful for your presence and for your invitation thank you so much thank you so much and thank you listeners for being with us this time here in the new beyond Until we meet again, 
Many blessings. Hey, Beyond Squad, before we go, let me take a moment to thank all of you for being here. And if you're up for it, I have a little extra credit homework assignment for you. Please take a moment to go over to Apple and leave a review. You can actually say some nice words or give us five stars on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really does make a difference, and I would be so appreciative. Meanwhile, we'll see you next time here in the new beyond. Hope you have is hope that you can trust. The truth is that the future is up to each of us. Each of us can build. Each of us can teach and reach inside.